you people can tell me to stop. Lower the lights down. Hand over my crown. Hand over my heart. I do this for my town. I do this for my crowd. So turn me up real loud. My time. My time. None of you people can tell me to stop. What's up, everybody? Thank you for listening to Next Gen Radio. This is episode number 167, and I am your host, Mike Ercolano, and I'm here with my co-host and head coach at Next Generation Training Center, John Esposito. Hello, hello. Today we have an Ask Next Gen episode for you where we answer three of your most burning questions on health, nutrition, diet, fitness, exercise, all of the above. Um, These questions were either submitted in person by one of our members here at Next Gen or you can submit those questions to ask at nextgenradiopodcast.com and we'd be happy to answer them on a future episode if you do have any questions. Before we get into these, I just want to ask you guys to do us a favor and leave us a five-star review on either uh, Spotify or Apple. Um, and you can please also go over and hit the follow button. Uh, I know it's called follow on uh, Apple. I think it's the same on Spotify. Um, but follow the show so that every time we release a new episode, which is every Tuesday and Friday, you will get a notification and you won't miss out on any free fitness advice. So let's get into the questions today. The first one, what is the difference between being insulin resistant and being insulin sensitive? So when we talk about insulin resistance, it's your body's, your body has a reaction to the insulin hormone, which gets released when you intake carbohydrates, which have sugars in them. And if those who are insulin resistant don't readily absorb and utilize those uh, sugars that your body's taking in. So what happens is if you eat a piece of bread, your body digests it, it releases the sugars, carbohydrates into your blood system. And as it's going through your blood system, your body releases insulin to tell the body to react and absorb those sugars. Now, when you're insulin resistant, your body doesn't react to the hormone as well. And you maintain those sugars in your system for longer periods of time. And then you end up getting larger storages of these as fat rather than being used for energy and being used in your system. Insulin resistance or insulin sensitivity is the exact opposite. Your body does readily use the sugars, readily use the insulin hormone and reacts to it a little bit better. And we typically see those who are like underactive or slightly overweight or just have a little less of a fit lifestyle going on Mm -hmm. have higher insulin resistance levels. And those who are a little bit more active have insulin sensitivity Mm -hmm. levels or higher insulin sensitivity. Insulin yeah, sensitive. They're, they're more insulin sensitive. Yeah, yeah I can't speak English. <laughs> uh, no, but I mean, it's, it's a tough, uh, I guess, terminology, especially going back and forth like that. And um, yeah, I mean, it's it's essentially, you know, when you eat food and, you know, most food, specifically carbohydrates, uh, are going to uh, release uh, or have some glucose, right? That's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the sugar, um, essentially fancy word for, you know, sugar in your blood. Yeah. Um, and if you are more resistant to it, then you're not able to use that as energy, mm-hmm. right? You can't absorb it. You can't use it as well. Um, and if you are more sensitive to it, then you pretty much can use those energy molecules as energy. And um, if, um, you know, most people who, well, I guess all people who are diabetic and people who are pre-diabetic, um, they're more, for the most part, more insulin resistant, right? Mm-hmm. They can't necessarily prove it depends on type one type two we're not here to kind of get into the the weeds with that today that's more for medical discussion and i guess we should uh put a a disclaimer on this as always but if you are pre-diabetic diabetic or if you have some sort of um medical issue please talk to a doctor we're not talking to the people who need to be on medication or need to be talking to a doctor this is for general population who are not pre-diabetic or diabetic um but just like you said you either 
use and you know use the the um, sugar for mm-hmm. energy or you don't yeah right and what we see is one will tend to store those sugars as fat in some cases and others won't and they get the what we read for diabetes is your blood sugar levels and obviously we see those who are insulin resistant will have higher blood sugar levels and those who aren't Right. Have a little bit lower. And and the opposite is true. If you are overweight, then you are g- going to be more insulin resistant. You're not going to yes. have the ability um, to uh, use that um, those carbohydrates as a positive energy source. You know, carbohydrates, uh, they're very important for muscles, right? Your mm-hmm. muscle function, for muscle growth. You got to, you know, you got to make sure that you are getting a, a, the sufficient amount of carbohydrates, the right type of carbohydrates in your diet. Um, but People who are overweight should probably um, look at uh, lowering that in, in their diet because they are less um, sensitive to being able to use them properly um, or having your body use them the right way. Now, is there a time where you can create a more sensitive environment for insulin? Yeah, I believe so. I believe it's we tend to see people who are more insulin. I want to make sure I'm getting this right. Insulin sensitive in the morning. I'm not, okay. No, it's backwards. They're more insulin resistant and is resistant in the morning. So when people are trying to get their feeding, trying to get their feeding done, you want to get feeding more towards the midday rather than towards the early or later day when your body is either coming out of a shutdown mode or coming into a sh- or going into a shutdown mode for sleep or coming out of sleep. Hmm. Yeah, I was thinking more along the lines of like after a workout. I oh. guess I probably worded it the wrong Sorry way, but like no, no, no I, I didn't ask the question very well. Um, but you know, after a workout, you're more insulin sensitive. Yes. Right. So that is a great time to load up on carbohydrates, especially if um, you know you are following a, a relatively low carbohydrate diet. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to try to time that around your workouts. You know, because when you're done exercising, uh, more specifically when you're done strength training not necessarily cardio but strength training um then you're you're you got to think of like your muscles almost like a sponge at that point um and it's they're able to uh you know use or become more your body becomes more insulin sensitive at that point and you can use that um you know to your advantage to build muscle to speed up recovery and and um and also you know that's a it's a time where uh, you probably will not be storing as much, you know, as as body fat later on. So uh, definitely, after a workout, you your body does become more insulin sensitive, and that's a, a if you're gonna load up on carbohydrates, or if you are in a low carb diet and you're gonna eat your carbohydrates, focus and try to get them around your uh, post workout window. Absolutely, and if it is an off day, just aim towards that midday point. Once you've been moving throughout for the longest period of time in your day, and before mm-hmm. you go shutting down for the night as well, mm-hmm. it's probably a great time to get those carbohydrates in and try to limit it towards the beginning and the end of the day. Right. Um, all right. Moving on. Question number two kind of ties into the first one, but what are your what are the health benefits of intermittent fasting? Well, I would say one of the first one is uh, people who consistently consistently intermittent fast are shown to have higher levels of or lower levels of insulin resistance and higher levels of insulin sensitivity. Mm-hmm. So they can better utilize insulin and they can better utilize the sugars that go into their system. Or people who tend to have had higher resistance when they go through bouts of intermittent fasting, they start out to see lower levels of insulin of insulin resistance. Mm-hmm. So that'd be one of the first ones you see. Um, a lot of people in really relatively short periods of time see a general change in their body fat percentage because the body is now not using those sugars that we're talking about and using our fat sources as more of an energy source consistently, especially since you're staying in those longer periods of fasting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what would you say a longer period of fasting would be? Now, I'm not, I don't 
not a hundred percent on the science behind this, but mm-hmm. I've I've always heard that the recommendation is about ten to twelve hours. Okay. Or at least within that span because eight hours is just a normal person's right. sleep period. Hopefully, so you want yeah. you want to go past that point and mm-hmm. a little bit further past that. So I believe it was ten to twelve hours, as high as fourteen to sixteen, but you might have the better information on that one. Yeah, well I think that's the that's the tricky part about intermittent fasting is that there really isn't a true um, science backing up uh, a length a length period a time period time period <laughs> a, a time period of, of what is the proper length of, of fasting um, you know the the popular one is the 16 and 8 right where you're, okay. you're fasting for 16 hours you eat for eight hours I think that's one that I first heard yeah that that's one of the most popular ones um, but in reality that one has become a popular one based off of one study that used those parameters mm-hmm. you know they use 16 and 8 as the parameters and that that's where it became popularized um, it doesn't necessarily mean that is the you know most optimal time period now um, you know there's some people who uh, think that you should fast longer. Like the, you know, the whole one meal a day fad is, you know, is That's pretty popular right now. Uh, and you know, what's his name? Tate. What's his first name? Um, Oh, Andrew Tate. Andrew Tate. He's big into that. And like, yep. it, it's, you know, and there's a lot of people who, who do it and are successful with it. Um, you know, but it really is a, a lifestyle, you know, what works for your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a, um, a guy in actually in my business mastermind uh his name is kyle newell he's down in south Jer- uh central uh, i don't know what's hunter and county is that south central like i call that central west that's pretty western central it's yeah i don't know so he's in hunter and county that's where his gym's at but he's okay. really into he's got his own diet called the panda diet he's got a whole online uh, group uh, and following um and he talks a lot about the one meal a day um and he also talks about having extended fasts like three-day fasts and there's oh, really? a lot of hormonal um, things that, that happen. I, I don't want to speak for him and, and facts. I don't know. I've never done a three day fast and I've never really looked into it. Um, but there are some hormonal changes and, and, you know, insulin being one of them, right. That's a hormone that that's released. Um, you know, so, uh, you definitely, like you said, you nailed it on the head with the insulin sensitivity, people who are, um, you know, following intermittent fasting are more sen- insulin sensitive, which is a good thing. Remember, it doesn't sound like a good thing, but it's a good thing. Yep. Um, but uh, weight loss is a big, big deal with intermittent fasting. And it's pretty much just because they're people who do that control their calories and control their intake. You know, when you only have a small window to eat, you can, you can't eat 10,000 calories in, in a, you know, eight hour window. Maybe some people can, but, um, you know, if you're following a healthy diet, it's, it's tough to be a hard task, right? It's tough to overeat. So that's definitely a health benefit. And, you know, it's proven that people who have lower body weight, who are in a caloric deficit or who at least eat lower amounts of calories, have a longer lifespan. So, um, you know, there's nothing special and magical, at least from my understanding. There might be something like my buddy Kyle Newell says, you know, fasting and, and length, uh, uh, extended fasting is, is healthy and, you know, creates hormonal responses that are healthy. So um, some people might say, I don't know, I can't really speak on it. I personally do intermittent fasting just because it kind of fits my lifestyle and it fits the way, you know, it works for me. I don't have to eat until about one, two o'clock every day. Um, and it just, you know, I, I have enough energy. I'm not really hungry. I drink coffee all morning, Understandably, you know, and it kind of helps me stay under because once I start eating, I, I'm, that's all I think about is food. Like I have to keep eating. So if I start eating first thing in the morning, then I think about food when my next meal is going to be. And it just makes it a lot easier for me to, to intermittent fast. But 
Um, and I, I was actually going to say that's another benefit too. For a lot of people, it's just more convenient. Most mm-hmm. people don't have, or Definitely. quote unquote, don't have the time in the morning to get a breakfast in, but they have plenty of time in the afternoon to be able to eat their two meals, right. a meal here or there. So it just works for a lot of people's schedules as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't all have to stress about getting that breakfast. In. Yep. And a lot of another benefit to go along with that, a lot of people know to have better sleep. Right. They sleep better. They sleep more deeply. They get better REM sleep, and it's mm-hmm. actually been recorded too. Because now your body isn't worried about digesting those carbohydrates to keep you slowly awake just because it has a little trickle of energy in there. When you have that fasting period going on, your body can just concentrate on recovering. Right. And rather than keeping itself up. Right. Yeah. And that's why I always try to recommend people to stop eating at at a minimum two hours before bedtime, if not longer, if you Mm -hmm. can. Um, But uh, there's also another concept uh, with intermittent fasting called autophagy. I think I'm saying that correctly. Um, and that's essentially the recycling of your cells. So like yep. a lot of people, uh, I'll again, credit Kyle Newell, um, with the Panda diet. Uh, and he talks about why of an extended fast, um, it helps every, and, and there's a lot of actually, I, I don't know if it's pseudoscience or, um, or just science that's kind of held back from the general public. But if you go on YouTube and you, and you, there's a lot of quote doctors out there that speak about this, these three day fasts or whatever, where it turns your cells over and you pretty much have, um, you know, eliminating, you know, the bad cells. I mean, cells multiply and, and, you know, they always multiply and die off, but, Mm -hmm. you know, cancer cells are where they multiply way too fast and way too aggressively. And that's, that's essentially what cancer is. And there's, there's a lot of doctors, uh, uh, pseudoscientists, whatever, I, I don't know, who knows what the truth is nowadays, but, um, you know, they, they speak on how an extended fast, like a three day fast will turn over your cells and, and, and get rid of a lot of these bad cells that mm-hmm. are floating in your body. Um, but they also, I think that's also one part of the 16 and eight, um, theory is that, uh, that starts to happen when you get to 16 hours of fasting. So just a concept, not saying that that's definitely happening or definitely not saying that, uh, you're not getting a cancer if you intermittent fast, but, um, but it's th- a potential. There's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of health benefits to it. Um, and, uh, but the most important part is if it works for you, if you're not eating healthy, it doesn't matter if it's an intermittent fast or if you're eating every two hours, like bodybuilders do, you know, Absolutely. it doesn't make a difference. So you got to eat healthy first and foremost. Um, let's move on. Question number three. Should I work out every day? Short answer for most people is probably no, but my long answer is going to be yes. <laughs> okay. So I, my short answer for most people is is because most people are inactive. They mm-hmm. don't want to, You don't want to jump right into working out every day, but you do want to get some kind of activity every day. So that's why I kind of call it a yes as well. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to working out, when you're new two to three times a week is typically perfect. Unless you've been like previously trained that you've taken some time off and you're coming back to it, you can go a little bit more. But most people who are just starting off two or three times a week is a great time. It's a great place to start. As you get more experience, you build up to it. And as your goals get a little bit more difficult to reach, you may want to increase your training, your training days as well. Like myself, I'm a four times, I'm four times a week, sometimes five, five days a week. And that's just based off my schedule, how I'm feeling if I'm feeling really good one week, I'll throw in two extra days of working out. And they're typically just conditioning days and no lifting. Mm-hmm. But I would I would recommend not everybody works out every day, but some people can afford to do it. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, what if I change the, the one word, should I exercise every day? Should I exercise every day? Yes. Mm-hmm. There should be some kind of an intentional exercise every day. Some sort of movement. Yes. Right? Whether, walk, whether so if like, it's a walk, it's right. getting up and stretching for 20, 30 minutes before you go off to work. 
It's sitting there and doing a hundred squats on your couch. Mm -hmm. It's just something that's going to take you a step further from what you're doing every day and give you a little extra step, quote unquote, and physically step. Right per your next day or per your next goal. Right. Yeah. Like when I, when I think about working out and I, I don't know, I should have asked a person who, who asked this question, but like when I think about a workout, it's like a structured training session. And, and that's like, what I think too. You know, and that's why like we actually have shirts, old shirts from uh, perform better uh, seminar summit that I went to that says, uh, stop exercising, start training, something like that. It's mm -hmm. like, cause like exercise and training are different. Right. And, and a lot of people like who go to these like boot camp classes or whatever, that's really just exercise right yep. like you know going through a workout as fast as you can and doing all these reps and getting your like you're not really training you're not getting stronger you're not getting better in your cardio you're just getting more tired and that's kind of exercise now um should you exercise every day i would say yes absolutely 100 you, you should make it part of your lifestyle you should get out for a walk on your days off from training on your days off from working out where you have a little bit higher intensity whether it's strength training three to four days a week um, doing cardio a couple days a week, like intense running or some sort of um, higher intensity cardio. And then, you know, making sure you're getting your low intensity, go out for a walk, go for a bike ride, go for a hike. I know you do a lot of hiking. Oh, two times do, a week. Do you count that as part of your, your workouts? Like, is that a, or is that like a I day off type routine? I never really considered them part of my workouts until I was training for when I went for my Colorado hike. Well, sure. And then that's, then that's training. And so now I consider it training for myself because it is a scheduled part of my workouts. I make right. sure I get my, I make sure I get my two times a week. I make sure it's at least an hour up to an hour and a half. And nowadays I have weight in my back. So I'm carrying weight in my back, whether it's my backpack, it's a weight vest and it's intentional. Mm -hmm. That's my differences. If so it's then, intentional right. and there's something behind it, it's a workout. But right. if it's just for the sake of getting it in, right. it's exercise. Like if it's an off day and, uh, you know, you take the dog out for a walk for 30 minutes, that's, that's exercise. still exercise. It's building exercise into your lifestyle. It's being active. It's being moving, which is what you want to do every day. You never want to just have a day where you're sedentary and just laying on the couch mm -hmm. all day. If it's Sunday and you're watching football all day, just go out for a walk during halftime or go out for a walk before the game starts or, or you know, take the garbage out and clean up the basement and do something where you're moving for an extended time. And it doesn't have to be where Absolutely. you're getting your heart rate up too high, but that's, you know, exercise and fitness and making part of your lifestyle. Um, but that's not necessarily working out every day. No. So um, try to separate, you know, intention and you know non-intentional i guess would be a good way to, to separate the two and um and you'll get your answer theirs now i do if you are going to be somebody that does work out every day if i can make one recommendation don't stick to the same kind of training for every day mm -hmm. don't just do specific uh, unless it's really your thing and you're 100 percent doing it okay with doing it don't do the same kind of workouts every day don't do specifically their strength training or just bodybuilding or just power lifting Try to get variety in there because it's just going to make you a more well-rounded human. Mm -hmm. It's going to make you move better and feel better. And in the long run, it's going to be less stagnant. Mm -hmm. Things get less boring, keeps you interested, and keeps you motivated too. Absolutely. Yeah. Unless you have like a specific goal of getting on stage for a bodybuilding competition yes. yeah, or lifting IPFF. a certain amount of weight for, you know, for a powerlifting competition or running a, a triathlon or doing a triathlon or running a marathon, like then you have specific goals. But if your goal is just to be healthy and be strong and be, you know, being able to move pain-free and, and live, you know, a happy, fulfilled life, change it up. Just do different stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's a good, that's a great word of advice right there, John. Thank you very much. Um, all right. Well, those are our three questions. Uh, any final thoughts to wrap it up today, John? Um, I'm just saying, take those, take the steps, whether it's 
exercise or working out, take a little extra steps to add something extra or new into your day. Mm-hmm. And if it's you're working out three times a day, a week, add a fourth day in, whether it's a fourth day of another workout or a fourth day of just getting out for an hour long walk. Right. It's always, it's going to lower your insulin levels and it gives you a reason to get into intermittent fasting. So if you work, work out, out right after you eat, there you go. There you go. Tying it all together. Um, but uh, we, we thank you for once again joining us, John, and sharing your wisdom with all of our listeners. Like always. And we appreciate all of our listeners. Um, uh, I guess I don't have to repeat it because I already asked you guys to follow the show and leave us a five-star review. Another quick little plug at the, at the beginning of the show. But thank you for all for listening. Until our next episode on Tuesday, be well. Thank you for listening to another episode of Next Gen Radio. If you live in the Randolph, New Jersey area and have been thinking about getting your health and fitness back on track in 2024, then you're going to want to listen to this because we are currently running a huge opportunity for you to win 12 months of free personal training at Next Generation Training Center in 2024. That's right. I said free personal training for 12 months. Now, this opportunity doesn't happen too often, and we are going to be pulling the grand prize winner on January 2nd. So if you are interested in taking back your health in 2024 and you want to do it for free, go to our show notes, click the link, fill out your information, and hopefully you'll be the lucky winner pulled on January 2nd. Good luck to everybody who enters.